So I'm just going to share a little short message. Uh, how many of you believe I can share a short message? Well, I think more believe I can't. So according to your faith, so be it. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, I want to speak about uh, Christmas, the greatest story ever told, and the ultimate story of love and forgiveness, uh, a, a redemption story that was conceived in the heart of the triune God before the foundation of the earth. And while I was um, preparing, you often feel pressure because I've done preached Christmas messages uh, over Christmas, had the privilege of doing that for 20 plus years, and you always feel maybe there's something new you could say, but I tell you, there's nothing new about this story. It's just 2,000 years old, and it's be, that's the reason we're here today. And so I just remind you, I want to remind you of, a, of, of the story. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 chapter 3 tells us that praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So this story of redemption wasn't a reaction to man's behavior, but it was a plan put in place by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit before the universe was born. And it's also a story that foretold, was foretold by the prophet Isaiah before 700 years before Christ's birth. And I encourage you to go and read it in the first couple chapters of Isaiah. And I'm going to pick up in Isaiah 9, 6. For this is what the Isaiah sees through the power of the Spirit as he's looking down the annual of times to the birth of Jesus Christ. And he says, for unto us, I love the inclusiveness of Scripture, inclusiveness of the gospel. A child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And this story never changes, and it needs to be over, told over and over again. That Jesus the Messiah, the Savior of the world, born in a major, died on a cross to take away the sin of the world. In the Gospel of John, as Jesus is coming to be baptized, John sees Jesus and he has a revelation of the Christ. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. And the Apostle John wrote this in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, he says this, that Jesus came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For the story to be real, church, for the Christmas story to be real, we cannot set of, separate the love of the baby's Jesus without accepting, accepting Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. A child born to be the Savior of mankind, a son given 
to pay the price for our sins. What an amazing story. In John 3, 16 and 17, again, a scripture that many of us know, but it's an incredible reminder of this God who loved us so much, the agape of God, the agape love of God, the undeserved, unmerited love of God. And God tells us, John writes, that God says this, that he so loved us that he gave his one and only son that whom would ever believeth in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It started in this manger and it ended on the cross. You see, Isaiah tells us that Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, is also the Prince of Peace. And we look around the world. I've been watching, I love watching history, world history, and the wars that we've had, hopefully to learn something from them. And after the First World War, they announced that that was the war to end all wars. And about 30 years later, they were fighting another, and man is still fighting today. The world is crying out for peace, but the problem is, it's looking in the wrong places. It's looking in the wrong places. You see, God's peace can only be found in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. In Romans 5, 1 to 2, and go and read Romans 5. I'm doing a study of Romans at the moment, and I'm absolutely loving it. But this is what Paul writes through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And he says that since we have been justified through faith, in other words, we are not justified by what we do, we can't save ourselves, we are justified by believing in the redemption through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We cannot earn our salvation, it's a free gift. And we stand before God when we accept Him fully justified by our faith in Him. And then it says this, through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. In Philippians 4, verse 4 to 6, Paul speaking of peace, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Always. 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 Every situation we come in, we need to rejoice in God because that's where our breakthrough comes from. When we lift our eyes off circumstance and we put them where they belong, the transcendent peace of God begins to come upon our hearts. And that's what Paul writes about. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord never leaves you or forsakes you. He is always with you. He is always near. He's not even a shout away. He's a whisper away a whisper of the heart. 
He responds. He's always there for us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And that's why we can rejoice. And because He is near, we do not need to be anxious about anything. That's a big word, anything. That's a big word. God says, my peace I give you. Jesus said, my peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives you. For in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and I am the Prince of Peace. And I want you to live in that space, in the midst of the turmoil around you, in a space of peace and tranquility. And over this time, like I say, everybody is looking in the wrong places, many people, even in the church. And I remember once um, I was going through a bit of a rough, rough patch. We had just been here a while. And I went down to the, to the ocean, and there was a dock there, and the wind, the storms were blowing, and I just love to go and stand in storms sometimes. Not for long, but sometimes. And I was standing on this dock, and the wind was blowing, and the rain was beating, and it was coming across the ocean like this. And on the dock, as I was standing here, I was getting buffeted by it, but on this side, as I looked this side, there was absolutely calm. Absolutely calm. And while I'm fighting the storm, in the calmness of this place, there are a bunch of seabirds having the time of their lives. They got out of the storm, they got into the cleft of the rock, and they knew the storm would go. And God spoke to me through that. I'm trying to fight the storm, and he just says, come, come to me. Come to me, all who are heavy burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anxiety is killing us. And we're not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, how do we do it? Simply by prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. We don't have to learn Latin to pray or the these and the thous. We can speak to God like this. And if you want to learn how to speak to God in the midst of trials, begin to read the Psalms. Because you'll see a young man that was chased for 15 years of his young life, didn't know which would be his last day, and David writes his incredible Psalms where he expresses his anger, he expresses his fears, he expresses everything because God loves honesty. But he turns to God every time. But you are God. You are God, but you are God. And that's what God wants to do. Take every situation to God in prayer. Prayer should be our first response to every situation. The problem with me and others, and I fall in this trap the whole time, like I'm sure you do, that it's normally and often the second, third, or maybe the last response. When all else has failed, because I get so engaged, not that I don't want to do it, but I take my eyes off Jesus, and I look at circumstance, I look at sickness, I look at finances, I look at things around me, and I want to fix them. And how many of you know that's often makes things worse. And God says, just come to me. 
Come receive my transcendent peace. Give those burdens to me. Open your hands today, and I will give you peace, and I will give you rest. And it's out of that place. You see, in Isaiah, he says that when we walk through storms, they will not overtake us. And when we walk through fires, we will not get burned. But he says uh, he never promises to put them out. He says, walk with me. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for I am with you, and I will comfort you in and through everything you're doing. And I'm a good person that always tries to fix things. And often God says, just bring them to me, and I will show you the way, because my ways, God says, are the highways of God. By prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I have this picture of God the Father. I have a picture of him always with a smile on his face. A lot of people see him as an angry God. But I have that picture because God sees us through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is interceding for us and paid the price for all of our sin. Doesn't mean that God tolerates sin. But he's our Father in heaven. And what he wants us to do is write this note in our minds of all the things we're worried about, and he wants us to put them on his lap. And he says, leave it to me. Leave it to me. And we get anxious. It might get worse before it gets better, but that peace of God, that transcendent peace of God will begin to guard your heart and your mind. Because that's what it says, the peace of God that transcends our natural understanding, the transcendent peace of God. When everything else is chaos, there's a place where God will take us in his peace. His peace, he says, my peace I give you. Do not be anxious. I will guard your heart and your mind through these situations. You see, church, we cannot buy or earn peace. It only comes by putting our absolute trust in Jesus Christ. The transcendent peace of God can only come from God, and there's no shortcut. There's no second opinion. There's no money or stuff that can buy it or obtain it. If I had this, if I had that, if I had this, I'm telling you. There are billion heirs in this world. I haven't met them, but I can imagine many of them are anxious. Many of them do not have peace in their lives. Money can't buy you love, somebody wrote. And it can't buy you peace either. It comes from God. The transcendent peace can only come from God. And C.S. Lewis wrote this, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. God cannot give us happiness or peace apart from himself because it's simply not there. There's no such thing. And some of us are asking for God's peace without having God, without looking to God, without coming to God. 
And C.S. Lewis says it's simply not possible. See, true peace was lost when man sinned and chose to turn his back on God, and that's the same today. The more we turn our back on God, the less peace in the world. If it was education, finances, wealth, prosperity, uh, information, we should be the happiest and peaceful uh, uh, people in the world. But when we turn our back on God, the creator of us and the creator of this universe, the, the God of the King of glory and the Prince of peace, when we turn our back on Him and we try to fill that with false peace, it's not there. And only Jesus today can restore that peace in your life. Only Jesus, and He wants to. And He wants to do that. You see, we sing this, just sang it, joy to the world. But do we really listen to what we're singing? Do we read the words? Because one of the lines says this, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. When we are reconciled to God, when we give up our hearts and our lives, peace comes. The transcendent peace of God through the reconciliation that is found in Jesus Christ. And I'm nearly finished. And I would just like us in these busy times, we got a little bit of time just to worship God after this because God wants to meet with us. We who have Christ in us are the answer for our friends and family. And we can only give what we have ourselves. And when our peace tank or our love tank or any tank is empty, there's only one source that can fill it. And he wants to fill it today. I believe that with all of my heart. He wants to deal with anxiety. He wants to deal with relational issues. He wants to deal with fear. All of these things that we live in. He wants for us to know, like those little birds, that if they come in the cleft of the rock, the storm can be blowing. And if they stay there, they can live in their place of peace. And do you know what, as with all storms, they eventually do pass. And in Romans 5, 15, sorry, Paul prays this over this amazing church. It's an incredible letter that Paul wrote. And he says this, may the God of, in some translations will say, of all peace. I'm praying this over you right now. If you'll just open your hands and Just receive it. If you need peace, may the God of all peace fill you with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and joy is not subject to circumstance. That's happiness. I get a job, I'm happy. I lose my job, I'm sad. Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is an inner joy that no matter what happens, and uh, we have that in our hearts, and nothing can take it away, and that's our strength. That's our daily strength. 
May the peace of God fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. That's how you get joy and peace. One way, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, uh, uh, and in all your ways, he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that will bring joy and peace. And then he says this, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Why? So that you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're here this morning and you need peace, don't look for it in another person because people will let us down. We let people down. Don't look for it in money or your job or or a house or material things because that is an insatiable quest. Because true lasting peace, the peace that transcends your understanding, your circumstance, can only be found in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. That amazing word, peace, it's an amazing word, and I want to put up the definition from Strong's. It's the word shalom. And my brother James Lunny always greets me with that shalom. It's not this peace, bro. Peace out. This is a deep peace. This is the peace of God, and this is what it means. All one word we put, this is what it means. Completeless. May you be complete. Wholeness. May you be whole. Health. Peace. Welfare. Safety. Soundness. Tranquility. What a beautiful word. It includes prosperity. Fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation and discord. That's the shalom of God. Peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Let's come to the source as the worship team gets ready. Father God, I thank you for sending your son. to save us from our sin for a reason. And that reason was so that we could have a relationship with you. And today, Lord God, we open our hands and all of these things that are weighing us down, that keep us awake at night, all these things that are beyond our control, Lord, we open our hands and we give them to you, our Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, 
that over this day and over this time, that people will truly experience the shalom of God, the peace of God, wholeness, wholeness in their lives, Lord. And we open our hands today, and I say, please, Holy Spirit, come. Touch us. Where the well has run dry, where our wells are dry, may rivers begin to flow. Rivers of living water, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come fill us afresh. So we leave this place knowing that we know that we've met with you and we can live in your peace. My peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Let's worship the Lord.